Well, Chris, we're back. Great. Don't say it's about time. It is about time <laughs> that we're back. And I've been looking forward to getting together to do these here again. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing that we uh, heard the good news that we're able to meet together again um, just recently. And so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to being together with the whole church. But today mm-hmm. we're talking just you and I uh, about uh, time, time management, fruitfulness, specifically productivity. Um Let's just do a summary um, again as far as where we've been and and let's talk about where we're going here today. Mm-hmm. So, so far, um, just to review, we um, we looked at four principles, four tools, and we touched on the first habit and we've got a few more to talk about. Can you just review the, the four principles? Yeah, so these are four principles for, for time management or productivity. Um, they're don't use your brain to remember stuff. Um, there's budget your time the way that you budget your money. Um, put the big rocks in first. So the idea that you build your schedule around what's important instead of trying to fit in what's important into your schedule, you build your schedule around what's important. And then the things that are not important will fill in like sand around rocks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the last principle is fight distraction. And that's just a, a, a present reality for many of us today. Mm-hmm. So those are the four principles, and again, there's more principles, but those are four that, that we've we've um, focused on for the sake of simplicity, and and then the four uh, the four tools are uh, notes for capturing and then reviewing things. So whether that's a notebook in your back pocket or whether that's an, an app on your phone, just a, a way to uh, as things come to your mind, a way to record them right away so that you're not relying on your mind. Mm-hmm. And and then there's a, a calendar. So essentially anything that you need to, to, anywhere you need to be or anything you need to do on a specific date, it, it all goes in your calendar. Then again, you can review it. Um, again, can be a, a, a day planner, a, a piece of paper, or a, hang, a calendar hanging on your wall. Electronic tools are really nice because they'll beep and remind you, happened to me. It just happened to me on Tuesday. Uh, I've told people I'm forgetful, and this is proof. Um, I We had the AGM of our denomination, and I knew it was coming up on Thursday. I'd actually talked to someone else about it. And um, Tuesday morning, um, because, and the reason, and well, this actually gets into the weekly review, is because I hadn't finished my full weekly planning the day before, because some things had interrupted, I hadn't looked ahead at everything in my week, mm-hmm. and which is an important thing to do and uh, it was 9 30 and bing 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 agm in half an hour and i was like okay so if i hadn't had that little thing dinging me i would have been a wall and and uh, they would have been fine without me but the point is that wouldn't have been good on my end mm. so electronic tools are great anyways there's your notes there's your calendar uh, and then there's a, a to-do list or a task list for, for doing tasks and projects and and a, a task list that integrates with your calendar is ideal. So mm. that if you put a due date on something, if you can see it on your calendar, that's that that that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then the last set of tools are, is just distraction fighting tools. So something whether whether it's a restriction on your phone or something like that, uh, the accountability of someone else, whatever, to just help help us overcome distraction. Yeah, great. Um, before we get into the habits, there the overall question is why why is this important? There is one piece of scripture that we, we yeah, talked about. Thanks. We don't want to just assume that no. and blast past it, even though we've we've talked about it. I think this is really key as far as why we're doing what we're doing, why we're talking about this. Yeah. Um, Ephesians uh, chapter five, verses uh, fifteen and sixteen says, "Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise." Making the most of your time because the days are evil. Um, yeah, so I, I, I really like um, what we're talking about because um, it really plays off of uh, or delves into why this is important. Yes. And again, a lot of the, the material from our series in Titus about good works and, mm-hmm. and learning to be devoted to good works, right? This is, this is a part of the process, right? Because I, I think a big part of, of a life devoted to good works it it needs to be something like this. If it's not exactly this, it's something like this, where you're being diligent and careful and disciplined and you're not making promises you can't keep. Intentionality, is that a good one? Intentionality, absolutely. In some ways, this whole series could be summed up with just being intentional with your time. Yeah, great. And um, I was also thinking, um, 
when we prayed before this started, you in your prayer you referenced the, the Hebrews 10 um, mm. verse about considering how to stir one another up to love and good works. Mm-hmm. And that's, in many ways, that, that sums up this class as well. It's, a, it's, it's about, this has hopefully been about you and me in our conversations, stirring our listeners or watchers mm-hmm. up to, to good works. That's what mm-hmm. it's about. Mm-hmm. Today we get to talk about habits. Um, we already talked about the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you remind us what that was all about in a nutshell here? Right. So the first habit, um, the, the the habits we sort of break down yearly, weekly, daily. Mm-hmm. And again, there's more. There's guys that do quarterly habits. I mean, again, this is a start. Um, the yearly habit, which maybe you don't need to do every year, but it's a roles and goals assessment, audit, whatever word seems less intimidating to use. Mm-hmm. But you know, when, when we talk about our priorities and scheduling our priorities, we need a way and we need a framework to, to assess what those priorities are. And so the framework that I've suggested based off of, um, based off of interaction with, with productivity literature. So, so guys who have thought this through really carefully, and then also seeing these same, seeing some of these things paralleled in scripture is looking at five big areas of our life. And, and then, and then, prayerfully thinking through what are our roles in those areas are. So in, in the family, what are our roles in the workplace? What are our roles? And then, and then having some goals for those roles, what do we want to do? And, and, and mixed in there is this idea of vision. What, 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 what kind of a person do we want to be? What, what kind of a person is, is God asking us to be in those roles? And then we develop goals, goals that are specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and timely. Um, that spells smart, and we talked about that all last time. And and then those goals become our priorities, our big rocks, and and that is going to transfer really well into today. So you also used scripture last week that talked talked a lot about our different roles. I believe it was out of Colossians that we, yeah. we talked about that. Can you just touch on that as well? Colossians 3, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, it's a section there that, that has some similarities to, uh, to the book of Ephesians. And, and then there's some parallels to some other, in some other letters. And it's often referred to as a household code. Co- household code. Um, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's more than that, is, is, is what, what the Apostle Paul is doing there, is he's taking the truth about who we are in Christ, and, and, he, and he breaks it down and applies it to these different areas in our life. So we see there, there's the personal, like our, us, our relationship with the Lord, that's where it has to start, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's our relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. There is our relationships in the family. There's our work relationships in that first century context. It was slavery and, and, and mm-hmm. or bond servanthood, uh, which took on many different forms and then there's our relationship with outsiders with you know unbelievers and and uh and in there i include um because it kind of has to fit somewhere just the idea of of just friends and social life and mm-hmm. um and being a friend and and of course that could fit in some of those other ones as well mm. so so those are those are the kind of the five main areas addressed in, by by colossians and and they map on pretty well to what the productivity authors will do when they kind of break down a life and say, here's kind of these different areas in your life. Mm-hmm. They, they, they kind of line up. Hmm. Today we're talking about a different habit. So we've talked about the, the roles and the goals. Today we're talking about... Yeah, we're going to talk about hopefully the last three habits. We're going to see how, how this goes for time. Uh, but the first one we're going to talk about is, is weekly planning. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, I've heard it said... That if you're going to pick anywhere with, with productivity and being being more productive, a more fruitful person, if you're going to pick anywhere to start, start by establishing this habit. Mm. And that's debatable, you know, whether that's the first place to start. I would probably say start by just writing things down. Mm. Um, that's going to make the biggest difference. However, you start writing stuff down. Okay, and that's kind of the unspoken habit here. We're assuming you're, that you get in that habit, or if you need to remind something, you write it down. And it is a habit. If we're just getting started with that, we may need others to remind us. We may, it's kind of funny, you need to remind yourself to write things down. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you're writing things down, you're writing things down. If you never stop and look at what you've written down, it's not doing you much good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so the idea of, of, of a week of weekly planning is that at the, at the end of every week or at the beginning of, of every week, we take some time. And for some people, this might be, this might be 15 minutes. Um, for some people, it might be a couple of hours. It's going to depend on the complexity of the type of work that we do. Um, but what we're doing is, is making a rough plan for the upcoming week and, and, um, and, and getting a sense ahead of time. This is where we're kind of where we're budgeting, um, budgeting our time, right? We talked about that as a principle that you budget your time the way you budget your, your money. Mm -hmm. And this is where it really, the rubber hits the road mm -hmm. is that we look before a week begins and we have our priorities from our roles and goals. And then what we do is we make sure that our schedule for that upcoming week is reflecting our priorities. Hmm. And that that's, so, so if you notice, I've kind of talked about two concepts here that have sort of merged into each other. One is that we are spending some time each week to review all the things that we've written down. The second is that we're taking this time to plan ahead. And so, it's interesting, the productivity literature, some will call this a weekly review, some will call this weekly planning, but they're, they're talking about the same thing. Mm -hmm. We need that time either at the end of a week or at the beginning of a week doesn't, you know, find, find it, find a time that works and, and you're looking back and you're looking forward. Mm -hmm. So I am going to make, um, a, a checklist that's, the, that, that's going to be uh, available as a download on the page here. So if someone wants to go and and, and get a bit of a checklist of what a, a typical weekly planning session or, or whatever your weekly planning checklist looks like. And, um, and, but what it, what it involves, um, is, and I realize I don't actually have the checklist here in our notes here, but I, I, I can kind of go off my memory here, which is ironic, <laughs> but, but it involves, it involves looking back and reviewing everything that, that you, um, that you have. So, um, what are your sources of information that you need to process? So, uh, this might involve looking at your calendar for the week before and seeing, is there anything unfinished? Is there anything I need to follow up on? Are there any meetings where I, I need to send someone a note or, uh, a follow-up or anything like that? It involves looking at our email inbox. And that's for many of us, that's one of our main sources of information uh, as, as, as information is coming in. And, um, let's maybe take a little caveat or a little break here from the discussion on weekly planning and just talk about email for a bit, shall we? Let's do that. Cause this fits in with this. I'm going to also attach a second and then I'll make a note here. I'm getting um, a little bit nervous here talking <laughs> about the inbox. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make a note here to attach that second article about how many emails do you think the average person has in their email inbox? Hmm. I don't actually know the answer. It's just a lot. I've got guess. 16, I think, right now. Okay. That's actually not bad. That's not bad. Um, email, like it or not, for better or for worse, is the way that, the primary way we communicate with each other today. It's not through letters, it's, you know... Um, now, when I say we, there has to be some, some uh, clarifiers there. I mean, we use text an awful lot. But when it comes to more substantial communication, I mean, many young people, they don't use email. It's all on Snapchat. But that, that's not for, like, really substantial communication. So when it comes to work, ministry, you know, those two areas, for sure, email is the main, the main thing that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And many, many people... Uh, their email inbox is just bloated. It's just full of stuff. Hmm. And they don't know what in there is important, what needs to be replied to, what has to still be processed. What Like so many of our, our email inboxes are just full of newsletters and junk. And, and it's, a, it's a significant issue. Um, let me just share from the perspective of church ministry here where we will send out a really important email. So for example, I've sent three emails in the past two days to our church family mm -hmm. about meeting on Sunday because things have changed so much. And, and I just know there's some people who haven't read it yet and will probably get to the other side of Sunday and then maybe finally get to their, that email message and think, oh, I wish someone had told me. 
And I don't know that because I know in, I'm thinking, I'm not thinking of individuals. I just know generally many people don't really manage their email inbox really well. Hmm. So they've got really important messages buried down here under 25, you know, and it's just, you kind of hope they'll get to it. And, and it's, it's sort of chaotic. Their email inbox is sort of like, it's like if you took every letter you got in the mail and threw it into a big box and then every <laughs> once in a while you kind of fish through and it's like, oh yeah, I need to respond to that. So what's, what do you think the solution to that is? Uh, I'm no expert when it comes to email and I might be way off on, on left field, but I would suspect it's um, whenever a person gets some sort of email or, or information is to either deal with it right away, uh, prioritize it in, in some manner, um, or put it in a specific folder that would be relating to that specific area and when it's appropriate, respond to them. That, that would be my take on it. Yeah, you're, you're totally on the right track. My only disagreement would be saying you have to do that as it comes in. Okay. So many of the, of the productivity guys will say you shouldn't be doing email constantly. And mm. that's, this is something I still need to discipline myself with because, because um, it's easy to do that. But, the, but the recommendations, it depends on the type of work you do will be mm -hmm. to have, you know, set times in the day where you check your email and you process it all. What, what I, what I'm about to suggest for some people are going to look at, you know, they'd look at me and say, that's crazy. Um, but at least once a week, and for me, it's once a day, if I stretch it out, it's every two days, but, but at least once a week, you need to get your email inbox down to zero hmm. inbox. Zero is the philosophy. And my question is, is simply how else do you know what's important? What still needs to be dealt with? What hasn't been dealt with? And so you can, if you look at it and you're going, okay, still have to respond to that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, that's not important. They'll do it. Yeah. Okay. You know, and you're doing all that, but what do you, what do you then, what are you having to do with all that stuff that you just did up here? You're having to remember it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I have to respond to that email. Oh yeah. Yeah. That doesn't matter, but I'm leaving it in here because you know, so it, it you're really transferring stuff from your email inbox to your brain. Mm -hmm. And so this is, so the reason we're talking about this is this is a part of the weekly review. And for some people, depending on the type of work they do, this is going to, this should be a daily thing. Mm. But uh, at least weekly, you get your email inbox down to zero hmm. by doing the kinds of things you've talked about. If it, if it needs to be replied to, you reply to it. If it needs to be replied to later, you file it and then do what to make sure that you actually are going to reply to it later? You task. add a task, right? Mm -hmm. So you say, write, re reply to this person and it goes into your to-do list. Um, if it's just something you need in storage, but you want to hang on to it, you can archive it or put it in an archival folder. Um, and, and, and you process it all. So maybe you have subfolders or whatever you do, you process it all. If it still needs to be dealt with, you have it as a task and you get it down to zero. And e an, a, a message in your email inbox is, is something you have to deal with. You have to do something with it. And, um, and, and so you need, you need a time and I'm suggesting weekly. Now the article that I'm going to attach is an article by, by Matt Perman, who wrote the book, what's best next. And, and he comes from a world where, you know, in, in his kind of corporate world, you might get 60, 70, hundred, 150 emails in a day. Hmm. So, I mean, man, I don't, I don't get anywhere near to that, thankfully, um, but he has a, a system that you, if that if you're starting with, I remember one guy, 23,000 emails in his email inbox. And, and how does he know what's important and what isn't? But there's, there's a system. There's a way that, that Matt Perman walks you through of how to get it to a manageable spot and then how to keep it there going forward. Hmm. So I just think this is one of those things where you share this and some people might roll their eyes and say, well, that's not, that's not very realistic. But if you think about just good works, this comes down to, to, to really practically, like if you get an email about something important where you have a part to play in something or you need to be somewhere or someone's asking you something important, there's an opportunity you don't want to miss. Correctly, like managing your email inbox well versus having it be chaotic is the difference between good works or not in, in some cases at least we can perhaps imagine cases where it might be the difference between good works or not. Mm -hmm. So, so I think it's really important. And, um, 
Email is also important. For, man, managing our email well is important from a reliability standpoint. Mm-hmm. That that we know if that that other people know about us. If I send them an email and it's about something important, they're going to deal with it. They're going to get back to me. And if it's not right away, that's fine. You know, I I aim for forty eight hours, and and that that that's my that's my time frame. Um, but but it's about being reliable and people knowing that if I've sent them that message, I know they're going to read it. And if it if it there's something they if 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 they need to do something about it, I know they're going to do something about it. Hmm. So so I think you did touch on tools uh, or a tool a person can um, get a hold of to help with this. That's right. Can you, re- can you refresh your memory on that, Chris? Yeah. So there's a few. I mean, Google had one Google Inbox. Uh, I'm not sure if they still have it. Um, in many email programs, you can set rules. The service Amy and I use is called clean.email. It's mm. not a free service. Mm. Um, however, these days, um, when it comes to computer tools, if a service is free, that's usually because they're paying for it with advertising. Mm-hmm. So what I like about clean.email is you pay, I think it's $40 a year or something. Don't worry, I'm not going to drag Google there, <laughs> although I could. Uh, you pay your $40 a year. Honestly, though, it's so worth it. And, and it processes your email inbox and you sort of it take, you know, the first few days you're kind of telling it rules. You're telling it what to do with the different emails that come in. And then it just does it for you. And it's amazing how much junk, you know, you have. And, and it files a lot of like all your newsletters. You can have it go to a folder called read later. And then you can just do that when you want and only have important stuff in your inbox. Hmm. But there, there's a number of tools like that available to be, to be searched. Great. So that's a part of your weekly weekly review, right? Where you're looking back and you're processing everything. In your weekly review, if you whatever you use for your notes, your weekly review is your time to process those notes. And 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 for some people, this is where we'll talk about the daily the daily planning in a bit here. Once a week may not be often enough. So for example, um, this is where as you get into these patterns, you'll figure it out. So if someone says. Um, hey, can we go for coffee this weekend and you don't do your weekly stuff until after this weekend, then you're going to have to realize mm, if I just write a note down, it's going to get missed until then. So so you get into a pattern where some things you realize you just need to set a reminder right away. You need to mm-hmm. put it in your calendar right away. But your weekly review is your time for whatever your information sources are. If it's a notebook in your back pocket, if it's notes on your computer, if it's post-it notes on your desk, you know, um, which aren't optimal, but whatever you use. Aren't those all equal, Chris? The <laughs> notepad and the sticky notes and, you know, again, anything's better than nothing. But, but, but you, what you do is you, you get all of that, um, you get all of that in one spot and you, mm. and you process it all. Mm. So if it's a task, it goes in your task list. If it's something to be reminded, it goes there. You put it all where it belongs. If it's mm. a thing for your calendar, if it's, if it's a job you can do in two minutes or less, this is the recommendation from David Allen, who wrote the book, Getting Things Done. If it takes two minutes or less, you just do it right then. If mm-hmm. it takes longer than two minutes um, and, and you don't have a lot of time, then you, you, you put it in your task list. Mm. Your weekly review is also a time to review your task lists. What's overdue? What have I missed? And I need to, I need to give a new due date to. Um, what do I have projects where I now need to pick my next action in that project, um, you know, just making sure your lists are up to date. And then in your weekly review, you're also looking at your calendar and you're making sure that your calendar reflects your priorities. So you're going to be putting in tasks, you know, figuring out tasks and things like that. And, um, and then making sure that you're big rocks. So for example, if one of your goals attached to one of your roles is that, um, well, let's use the example of going for breakfast with, with, with a child, um, you know, once a month, there's a few ways you can do that. One is you can just put it in your calendar as a recurring event. So it's just, it's there and you don't, then, then you don't have to touch it on your weekly review because you'll just see it's there, but there may be some goals where we need you in your weekly review. You need to revisit those goals because they're maybe not already in your calendar and you have to put them in your calendar. So a goal may be, um, I'm not going to make one up on the spot here, but whatever your goal is, if it's not already in your calendar, then you review them and you say, you know what, this week 
I need to give some time to this. So you put it in. With my goals, I have them marked out um, and as which ones are already in my calendar and which ones are not. Hmm. So the ones already in my calendar, I don't have to look at them every week because they're, they're there already. But then the ones that aren't, I, I do have to look at them. So if one of my goals might be something like this summer, have our neighbors over hmm. for, for a barbecue. Then when you do your weekly planning, you're looking at your goals and you're saying, okay, is this, is this a good week to do that? Is that going to fit in with, with this week or, or am I going to make it fit in with this week? Oh, you look at your evenings. Yeah, actually that that's going to work. So then you, you put your big rock in, right? You, 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 you put in your calendar and you build your schedule for the week around what's important. Hmm. And then, and then, and then you, you, you put your other pieces in there. So doing a weekly planning time is not just say for, um, looking at the most important things, whether it's for some, it might be family for some, it might be ministry opportunities for some, it's just work. You're not picking and choosing what you're putting in there. eh? Exactly. I, I advocate strongly for one weekly time where you're looking at your entire week. And, and some people, depending on their work, work-life work balance, as they call it, may be able to get away with not doing that. But I just know, <clears throat> like, and maybe it's unique for me because I have a job where, you know, the line between my, my work and my life is, is perhaps more blurry than others. So some people, if, if it's just a nine to five, for example, and their work hours are the same every day, they then they might be fine, you know, Monday morning to take half an hour to just plan out their work hours. And then maybe it's, you know, Sunday night or Saturday night that they're planning out their evenings and their Saturday and Sunday. They they might be able to do that depending on that. Um, but if you have any amount of flexibility in your work, you know, where you can, there's some give or take, you know, then, then doing it all at once, I think is really, really important. Hmm. Even I said this to the college students that I used to lead. I said, even if you're doing that weekly review and you're planning your work projects, but, and you're doing it on personal time, it's going to pay for itself because it's going to make you a much more effective employee and that's going to get noticed. And that's Mm going to, that's going to be rewarded if you're in a, a a healthy work environment. So, so yeah, I advocate for doing it all at once, unless you have really predictable work hours, then you can, you know, just plan your personal time in one, in one shot. One of the things that, that, that's, that happens to me almost every week is, is that when I actually sit down and review my notes and my task and everything, I always, almost always feel overwhelmed because I look at this big list and it's just like, whoa, this is a lot. But once I actually start breaking it down, and usually it's within about 15 minutes of just putting this here, this here, this here, this, this happens this week, this is long-term, this is short-term. And, and I actually then start putting things into my calendar. You know, I'm going to meet this person here, and then I'm going to do three, these three, four tasks here. And I put, it's all of a sudden I get to that spot 15 minutes in or so where it's like, oh, this actually, this actually fits. Hmm. It, it's amazing. Just like, you know, when you have, um, Imagine if you were to go into your your bedroom or your garage or whatever and pull everything out of the shelves and drawers and put it all on the floor. You like you'd walk in and just be like, ah, but then you actually start putting things where they belong and whoa, there's a lot of space here. And that's mm. that's what that's what I experience on a weekly basis. When I go to review all my notes and stuff, it's just it looks chaotic. Mm. But then you start putting things where they belong and fitting them in together and you realize this actually works. Mm. And then, and then you say, oh, I've actually have a free evening there. And, and maybe your conclusion is that's important actually for me to have a free evening there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you say, I can do that thing that I told that person I would do. And it's, it's waiting here in my someday list. You know, you might have a someday list of just things that aren't like, they don't have to happen really soon, but you should do them. Hmm, I'm going to do that thing for my someday list. And mm-hmm. that person gets a call and they go, wow, you didn't just forget. And so, you know, it really gets down to the nitty gritties. Mm. So I know in, in finance, um, if a person has, um, money that's just sitting there, not doing anything, it's seen as uh, almost a, as a waste. It, it sounds like, um, with time management 
or productivity, if you're allocating specific time for certain tasks, if it's not being used for something, in, in a way it becomes um, unproductive. Yes. Is that a fair it, it is. analogy? Or... And, 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 and what I would say is it doesn't mean that you're working in every block of time, but mm-hmm. it means that you're even planning for your rest. Mm-hmm. So you're, that's, that's where like the free evening, like, so for example, in, in my schedule, I try to have three evenings in a week where I'm not, uh, I'm not engaged in work or, or ministry where three evenings a week where I'm just with my family. And so that's rest time, but that's rest time I have to proactively plan for. So I have, you know, in my calendar, I have recurring, I have three recurring events in the in the evenings that's just evening off and then i can move them around from week to week but i make sure and 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 it doesn't happen every week but as much as i can um yeah because if we don't plan our even our leisure time um then it will probably expand like so for example some again this is the context of the college students right I, i was saying to them if you if it's Saturday and, and all you have is a task list of some things you want to get done and, and then you think, oh, I also have some time off, so I'm going to play, you know, NHL on my, on my PlayStation or whatever. You will probably play that game far longer than you should mm-hmm. and then run out of time to do the tasks. So instead to actually say, here's my tasks, how that's probably going to take 15 minutes so that this is assuming well, even if, yeah, even if you don't have a task list that integrates with your calendar, you can still look at your task list and say, that task is probably going to take 15 minutes. That's probably going to take half an hour. That's, that's easily an hour and a half, you know? So you, then you, you say, mm, for these things I want to do this day, that's going to be about two hours. Mm-hmm. So you put a block of time on your calendar for two hours and you put tasks. So, so that, that's a way of doing things if your task list doesn't automatically go to your calendar. And so then I, I encourage them to actually put a block on their calendar and say, I'm going to, you want to, so if you're thinking, well, I have some time off on Saturday, I'll play NHL. How long do you want to do that for? What's an appropriate amount of time? Pick it and actually put it on your calendar. Mm-hmm. And maybe you just put leisure or whatever, and maybe you're embarrassed to put it on your calendar. So <laughs> you put something up, you know, you butt something else up to it. So you just got this blank space, but at least you're planning for your leisure as well as for your work. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that allows you to make sure that you're not spending too much in, in either. And, um, I know often, yeah, for me, I, I often will, um, for me, yeah. And, and everyone's different, but I have to plan to rest or else it, it won't happen. And, and so I have to block out time. And this is a pretty common thing. I think for people who are engaged in a lot of things, you have to block out time where you're not going to be working Mm. and or or engaged in in activities you know can you touch on the suitcase principle um talking about this because i think that's a good uh good thing to talk about at this point there's a prop there's actually a proper name for this principle um that has someone's last name associated with it but it's basically the idea that work expands to fill the space allotted to it Mm. and why i call it a suitcase principle is We've, I think we've all experienced this. If you go on a trip and you have a small suitcase, you'll fill it up with things and you'll go on that trip and you'll be fine. Hmm. If you have a large suitcase, you will also fill it up and you will also be fine. But you'll be bringing along more stuff than you actually need. But it's like, oh, I've got this space. I can fit that in there. So things, and it's not just work. It's that things tend to fill to a lot this to, to, to the space allotted to them. Hmm. So this is where we're planning and, and this this gets a little bit of the daily planning which we'll talk about here. But with with planning um, is that is that you say I I look at this task and I think it's going to be about this time. So I'm going to put that much time for it on my calendar. Hmm. And then I'm going to put something else after that. I'm not just going to you know if you just sort of give yourself unlimited time, you'll take unlimited time for things. So, so putting them together, there's a few other principles that fit in here that I'll try and, and mention in, in rapid succession here. Um, and then, uh, and these, these principles apply both to weekly and to daily planning. Um, so there, there's that principle. There's also the principle of, of, uh, 
of, t of task batching where mm. you're taking similar things and you're doing them at the same time. That's really, really helpful. So we were just talking about this, right? So if, if you have to like write an email and do this kind of task and then do this kind of task and then write an email and do one of these other tasks here, if you do them in that order, your brain is constantly like going from this to this to this. And it's incredibly inefficient. You, mm. you agree with that mm, in your experience? Absolutely. Yep. So it's far more efficient if you're able to say, I have six emails to write. I'm going to car, I'm going to put a two hour block and I'm going to do my emails in that time, do them all at once. So it's tax task batching or time blocking is also another phrase for that. Cause you're blocking out time to do those tasks. Mm. Your tasks aren't just this wish list. Your email inbox isn't just this cavern. That's, you know, fills you with terror whenever you look at it, but it's actually going on your calendar in blocks of time. And you're doing those things at the, at the same amount of time. Um, the other, the, the, the other principle that I'll mention here when it comes to planning is the, is the bookcase principle. So we've talked about, um, the suitcase and, and the bookcase. Here's the thing with the bookcase principle. And if, and we actually have a, a great illustration here, I'm not sure I'm actually following this right now, but the, I, cause I'm, I'm a little bit over capacity with some of these, but the idea with a bookcase is you want to fill it about 70% full. Can you, can you guess the reason why? If it's packed, jam packed full, it's hard to get your books out and it's, it prevents you from actually doing that. And, but think about adding a new book. If you have to add a new book, you can't. Or if you do and you want to make room for it, the domino effect, now we're onto a third metaphor. But so for example, this, this happened here when I was do, organizing some stuff in my library and I wanted to put a book up there and that meant having to move some books over there and then moving some of those over there and some, you know, and it, and it becomes this huge cascade. So the idea is that because none of our plans hmm. are, are exactly what's going to happen. I mean, almost every, you could almost say every weekly planning session is to start by reading that passage from James four, you know, if the Lord wills, this mm -hmm. is what we'll do. Mm -hmm. um, our weekly plans almost never actually fit with what actually is going to happen. So the idea is that as you plan your time, you only plan it about 70% full. So you don't jam pack it all. And there's two ways you can do that. You can leave some, you can leave 70% or fill up 70% on your calendar and leave 30% blank. Or when you guess it, or when you're estimating how long certain things are going to take, you, you add 30% to it. And so then you can go this to this to this, and it looks like you have a full schedule, but you know you've you've over budgeted by thirty percent. So that way you can roll with the punches, you know. So someone needs like you have to do something, or something takes longer, or you can make room for someone in your day. So like in in my work, that I need I need to be able that if someone walks in and says I need to talk, that I don't say sorry, close the door on them. Like you know that that I can say sure, and so. That, 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 that's a part of that principle. So I'm a little bit shocked in, in hearing that when a person puts something in their schedule, it's not like written in a, a stone. It depends on the type of work that you do. Ah. Um, but for me, for example, in my work, I will put a meeting in my calendar and it's not uncommon to have someone call the day before and say, that actually doesn't work for me. Can we reschedule? So you know, none of our plans survive or just thinking a job is going to take so long and then it actually ends up taking way longer or less. Mm -hmm. Those are, for me, those are less frequent, but they're fun when they do happen. Oh, yeah. Got that done. Yeah. So when it comes to, to planning your week, um, there's a few more things I want to say here. One is you can go really detailed or not. Like, so for example, in the weekly planning checklist that I give, that, that people are going to find, which is based on, you know, some of these other productivity books. I don't think in there, I, I talk about necessarily planning out your every day in advance. This is what I do now is, is when I plan my week, I, I basically plan each, each day in, in ahead of time. And, um, and again, those plans, especially by the end of the week, they usually don't survive. So usually the last day I leave a fair bit of blank space, sometimes even a full afternoon blank. Cause I, I just, you need to roll with the punches. Mm. Um, but your weekly planning can simply be, um, 
can simply be, here's my big rocks for this week. Here's my priorities for this week. I look at what's already on my calendar. And then it's every day as you take a few minutes every day that you're, that you're actually planning or your schedule for that day. So, so you can, here, here, here's what, and so we're getting into that next habit. Here, here's what I would say before you begin a day, it's very wise. I'm not going to say you need to, but it's very wise to have a, a schedule for that day. So you can either do that at the, at the beginning of the week where you plan it all out, or at the beginning of the week, you can sort of get the pieces together. Say, here's, the, here's my priorities for this week, you know, and then each day you're taking five or 10 minutes at the beginning of the day to say, okay, I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to do that. This changed that I need to do, you know, and you sort of build your plan. Those are two different approaches. Hmm. But the idea is at least as you begin every day, you have your, um, your, 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 have you've already budgeted your time the way that you should budget your money where you you have this plan, sense of how you're going to spend it and again it never you always roll with the punches but at least if you have a plan you know how to respond and how to react instead mm-hmm. of just bumbling from one thing to the next like i did for years and 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 always just being a little uncertain if i'm doing the right thing or not mm-hmm. so planning really 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 makes it makes a difference. So one thing I, I've, I've learned is that we humans are creatures of habit in many yeah. cases. So, um, what does, uh, a routine do for us, um, with our calendars and with our planning? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it certainly takes a lot of the pressure off. So, and, and, and for some people, a routine may take a little bit to get established. And so that's where doing weekly planning and even daily planning at the beginning um, may be very difficult because you're going to, it's going to take a little bit to build that routine. It's so worth it though, mm. is, is that, I mean, many of us are, we're creatures of habit, we're creatures of routine. And, and the idea is that if we know certain things are happening at certain times, it, it really makes it easier for us to be doing what's important. Mm. So building habits where our big rocks are reflected in habits where they're just going to happen. And that can be like we talked about already a recurring, uh, a recurring event on our calendar where just, this is important. It's going in my calendar and it's going to recur from there and it's just happening. So I don't have to, every week I don't have to be like, Oh, what am I going to do for that role in gold? It's like, it's in there already. You know, mm-hmm. I think the more we do that, um, the more so in um, in what's best next, he talks about uh, one of the guys who's an editor for Politico, I think, and uh, he's a believer, and he actually doesn't work from a from a to do list. He works from a routine, but he has he's has such a good routine figured out that he knows at any point. So you could say Wednesday mid afternoon, he can tell you what he's going to be doing because he does the same thing every Wednesday mid afternoon, and so. It's not that every day is the same, but every week has the same shape. And after doing that for enough time, you, in in some ways, he really cuts down on his weekly planning. He doesn't have to ask if his big rocks are in his calendar because his whole routine is built around these big rocks. Mm-hmm. I, I think, in my experience, that's not everybody, you know. I think for for many of us, there's a lot lot more variability. So that guy worked in a line of business where he could design his schedule perfectly. Mm-hmm. There there were no, you know, he wasn't responding to appointments or bookings or things like that. Um, for most of us, we need to have some mix. But yeah, getting a routine figured out and, and figuring out a routine. Like, for example, knowing, um, this is something my sister in recent years has figured out, is like, when her prime time in the day is, you know, some of us are, we work better in the morning. Some of us work better later at night. There's actually a genetic component to that. They can take a skin sample from the inside of your cheek and tell you if you're an early bird or a night owl. Um, it's called your chronotype. And you can adjust your chronotype a little bit. I did. I was a night owl and I've, I've adjusted it back and I can tell people how I did that. And it's part of, again, you can look it up. But... Um, but the idea there is knowing like what what is a good rhythm and a good routine for us and and when are we at our prime and when are we not so for example it might be in a week or knowing like certain days um that's kind of our slump day and so we're not gonna plan really uh 
brainy tasks for that slot or or you know maybe maybe we find sunday exhausting you know for many people when it's normal um they love being around people but sunday can be very exhausting so then maybe monday isn't your day to plan coffees with people mm-hmm. so so it's that's where the routine really helps as you sort of start to figure that out and some people maybe have a good sense of their routine already for others it'll take it'll take a few weeks of planning out your week and be like that totally didn't work and you tweak it and you adjust it my my encouragement is don't give up mm. you know roll tweak it and adjust it and and, and you'll figure it out mm. and uh so me personally every week is is a mix i've got i have a calendar so the nice thing with digital calendars too is you can have multiple calendars layered on top of each other and i have one that's just called recurring and it has the stuff in it that's always the same every week hmm. and then i have other calendars that are different colors for the things that change from week to week hmm. neat it's helpful anything else that we need to know about weekly planning Chris? man there's so much more we could say yeah. but but again just taking even just a even just half an hour even 15 minutes to just sketch out a bit of a plan for the week um uh, I think people would be amazed at the mileage they get out of that. Hmm. And so again, I've heard I've heard it said by a few people, if you if you start anywhere with productivity, start with, you know, and and so even if it's an hour that you spend on an afternoon, a Saturday afternoon or whatever doing this, it will pay for itself so much more. Even just again in your in your sense of stress that you have cuz it you know, it it, it changes so much. So I'm doing my best to sell people on this idea here. Yeah, I read a quote by, made by somebody who said that um, a 40-hour work week that is planned is just as effective as a 60-hour-plus work week that is unplanned. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so the, now that we've talked about weekly planning, daily planning is actually really quick, you mm-hmm. know, because it's basically... Um, the, the more you do on your weekly planning, the less you have to do on your daily planning. We've already mm. talked a little bit about about the uh, the interplay, but yeah, it's planning out your day. It's doing some of the time bask time batching or the or the, the time the time blocking task batching rather time blocking, um, and and figuring out yeah you're going to do concentrated people time here and some concentrated task time and you know again that's in my line of work and for everyone's going to be a little bit different. But what are the what are the ways you're going to plan that? Um, and, and then, um, making sure your important things are on there, all of that. So, so again, there's this balance, how much do you do every week and how much do you do, but, but to, to take five or 10 minutes at the beginning of each day, even if you did really thorough weekly planning, your, your day's probably not going to be quite the way it was. You may want to, for example, review uh, each day as it begins. Are there any notes I took the day before that pertain to today that I have to, that I have to deal with? Um, and so just, just doing all of that time, um, even scheduling email time, depending on your work. Um, but, but taking that time to make sure you go into your day with a clear sense. Here's what I, here's what I want to do, Lord willing. Mm-hmm. And, and we ha- we make our plans with open hands mm-hmm. because we're not God and we don't know what's going to happen. Um, but, but scripture certainly speaks to the wisdom of planning and thinking ahead mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Jesus implicitly affirms it in that parable about the man building the tower, sits down first to see if he can do it. Mm-hmm. And it's in Proverbs, you know, the wisdom of planning. But it's 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 humble planning, acknowledging mm-hmm. the Lord can wreck our plans mm-hmm. and we're going to be okay with that. Yeah. He's a sovereign, a sovereign one and we're not, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, can you touch on the idea of, I know we've talked about this before uh, when we're talking about principles. Can you touch on the ideas of of things that are urgent and things that are important or, or some things that are urgent and not important or things that are non-urgent but important. Yes. How, how does a person balance those or how, maybe not even a balance. Is balance, is balance necessarily a good thing in that? Do some things need a higher priority and a, and a greater amount of time dedicated to those things? What, can you touch on those? Yeah. So this is something that might come into your daily planning or your weekly planning, depending mm-hmm. on how you do it and what's best. But yeah, it's looking at the tasks that you have and, and the things that you need to do, and it's evaluating. So it's it's the I think this is the Eisenhower matrix they call because because General Eisenhower mm-hmm. figured this out. So you have important, not important, urgent, not urgent, and mm-hmm. so you you mentioned already the, the the combinations that they go in, 
The idea is that our the important things that are not urgent, generally we're not going to do those unless we're intentional because the urgent is going to take up all of our time. Mm-hmm. So the important stuff you proactively put in. Now, some of that might be big rocks with your roles and goals, but other others may not be roles and goals stuff. It just might be someone comes to you on Sunday and says, hey, I, I would really you know, sometime this month would really like to go for coffee with you. I have something I'd like to talk to you about. So that's important. It's not necessarily urgent. Like if you don't respond by tomorrow, you're going to lose the opportunity. Um, but it is important. So you have to proactively plan for that. Um, so there's, yeah, there's the things that are important. There's the things that are important and urgent, you know, those, so those you, you pretty much got to do right away. So again, when you're planning your day or you're planning your week, Make sure you're given time for those where it's, it's important. You got to do it. Um, and it's urgent. You got to do it soon. Um, then there's the things that are urgent, but not important. And we got to really ask, should I be doing this? If it's not important, should I even be doing this? Hmm. And, um, in, in sort of the management world, they, they will say, those are the things to delegate to other people. (laughs) where it's urgent, but it's not important for you to do. So you ask someone else to do it. Maybe we have that option. Maybe we defer it, but that's kind of the sand that if if it fits with the rock, that's great. But, you know, and then there's the things that are not important and not urgent. Mm -hmm. And those fit great on a someday list where it's like, now even a someday list might have some important things on it. But not important, not urgent. We got to ask if that even should be on our list. Like NHL hockey on a PlayStation, for example. For sure. Yeah. It's, that's a question we got to ask. If it's not important yeah. if, for me to do, and if it doesn't have to be done soon. Now, again, maybe it's one of those leisure things where it's, an, it's a helpful, you know, like, I, I don't know, we, all kinds of examples. But if, if, if the only thing we do out of this is just ask the questions. And again, it comes back to what should I be doing? Hmm. What should I be doing? And and what does God's word tell us about that? If we just ask those questions, that's a huge step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. So we got our final routine, which is get to work and roll with the punches. <laughs> um, and so... Is that self-explanatory? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> there are punches and you will have to roll with them. Our yeah. plans don't survive, you yeah. know? And so, um, but it's just, it's just doing it. And, um, and, and, but in my experience and in the experience of everyone I've read in this field, going into your day with a plan and having that plan be challenged and, and, and having to kind of salvage parts of it the next day and say, Oh, I tried to do that yesterday and that didn't work. So I'm going to try again. Like that is significantly better than going into your day with no plan at all. Hmm. So the best, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men, right? It's still better to have no plan at all, but we got to roll with the punches and, uh, and still better than having no plan at all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we, we do our work prayerfully and, and with dependence on the Lord. And, um, incorporating some of that daily planning and with your devotional time would be, would be great. So, I mean, Lord, here's what I want to do today and give me wisdom as I do this and help me like, you know, so that's actually integrating your walk with God, with your daily life, instead of sequestering it and a few minutes in the morning, but to, to, to pray, to pray through your plan for the day, you know, um, would be, would be really good. Is there, this might be, this is kind of maybe going off in left field a bit, but would you say it's a fair thing or maybe it's not even a fair question, but is it possible that if a person is going through life with all sorts of responsibilities and and struggling with direction, um, that stress and anxiety and and, um, making bad day-to-day decisions can be part and part and part and not looking ahead, planning, making schedule. Can this be helpful for some people in this regards? I, I would say a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. It would be, I think this is helpful for anybody, but yeah, I, I think the person you've just described would be a person I would strongly encourage to start approaching their time 
and their the the output of their life with mm-hmm. with some some intentionality and some directness. I had a good conversation with someone this week, and I, I told them I I was a little concerned with with especially two classes ago or conversations ago that the things we were sharing, the things I was sharing, was a little bit too specific and detailed and maybe intense. And and their their comment was was reassuring that they said, well, I think we can take the things that you're saying and maybe you're sharing things fairly specific and fairly maybe advanced for what you need to do but but there's principles from there that apply all the way down mm-hmm. and just and so i would encourage that as we wrap up this whole class is just if all you take is a few ideas and you start somewhere you take a step in the right direction that's that's great so i mean you may want to do all this but but maybe you just start with something um and if it's anything that is a step closer to being intentional is a step in the right direction. So I would, I would cheer for that. You know, if someone is totally overwhelmed by all this, it's like, I don't know, but you know what? Here's one thing that I'm going to do. And it's a step in the right direction of using my time more intentionally for the glory of God. And it's maybe a, one little habit or one tool that I'm going to use or, or this one thing, I'm go- one change I'm going to make. Um, we should cheer for that. Mm-hmm. We should cheer for anything that moves us closer to intentionality because then we can build on that mm-hmm. we can take another step and we can take another step mm-hmm. and i know my use of time continues to improve and even just this past week talking to amy about um wanting to make a tweak on, in my weekly schedule switching some things between saturday and, and and monday um because i think i'll be i think it'll be a more efficient way of doing things and and I, I've thought through my schedule of quite a bit and, and, and I'm still tweaking it, which tells me that, you know, this never ends and we're different seasons of life. You know, it's, it's not about arriving at a spot where we've got it all figured out. Um, it's about continually being in the process of, of prayerfully applying the Bible's wisdom to how we use our time. Can you give us some recommendations on books? If somebody's just like, "Hey, uh, this is just like I'm. This is right up my alley. I want to read more," and maybe they find the beards um, daunting and don't want to talk to bearded, <laughs> bearded men who aren't currently wearing masks uh, or something like I'm pretty that. Pretty sure there's six feet between us. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, are there books that somebody can say, hey, I, I want to sit down, read more about this. What kind of recommendations do you have? And we're not speaking moistly. Just like, <laughs> had to say that. Um, yes. So the one that I had mentioned that I kept going like this and couldn't see it, it's because I actually already put it in the church library. Yes. So Do More Better by Tim Challies. That's probably the place to start um, if you're kind of starting from, from scratch with this stuff. Again, he walks you through three tools, you know, and he even gives the software recommendations, Evernote, Todoist, Google Calendar, shows you how to use them, gives you, it's just, it's down and dirty. He doesn't do a lot with um, convincing you why you should be productive. He just sort of assumes you want to be productive. Here's how to use these tools. And, and, and so it overlaps with some of the things we've talked about, but kind of walks you through step by step. That's in the church library. He's a Christian guy writing from a biblical perspective. Um there's that book that uh, I've referenced. I only have it electronically. It's called What's Best Next. Hmm. Um, and, and that is also a great book. Uh, there's also that other one that I still can't remember. So I'm going to Google it and put it. Uh, I'm going to do a, a book recommendation list at the bottom of this video. Um, You're iOSing it? Is that what you said? Or, oh, Google. You're Googling it. I just, it's like Kleenex, man. It's a name brand that just gets right in. <laughs> Even though I use DuckDuckGo as my search engine because they don't track me. Um, so I'm going to add some recommend, recommended books to, to the list here um, and, and some resources. Um, the book Deep Work by Cal Newport, that's a secular book, but very helpful. I've got that in my library. I'd lend that out. Indistractable by Nuriel is all about that distraction piece. So again, I'd, I'd be happy to... Uh, mention that to people. Um, I only have it electronically, but yeah. So there's there's some some really good resources there. But my, my closing exhortation, I guess I already kind of gave it, but it's just to say this. And maybe you got more stuff you want to add, but this can feel burdensome. Mm. 
when you talk about all this stuff, it's like, oh, you're, I'm busy, I'm stressed, and you're telling me to do more things. You're telling me to have to plan my week. You're telling me I have to like plan my day. Like you're giving me more to do. But your statement about the planning a 40-hour week is as good as a 60-hour is totally true. And what, what people find as they start to do this is just how free they feel. It feels like a backpack's being taken off. It's just, oh, okay, like I actually, this actually works. I can do this. I actually, you know, and, and after you have a, a week or two where it's like, like honestly, nothing beats the feeling of actually doing something, especially when you're doing it for someone else, that you sort of had in the back of your mind for months that's sort of been burdening your mind and like, oh, I need to do that, I need to do that, I need to do that. And then you actually like sit down to plan your week and you like decide, I'm going to do that on this day and you put it on your calendar and then you actually get there and you do it. Man, nothing beats that. And it's mm-hmm. all, it's, so the, you know, just, just to, to start to do it and you, you realize it, it's just, it's just amazing. And um, we're able to be more effective and more fruitful than, than, we, than we might think. Mm-hmm. And uh, the joy in that, it's not just the feeling of being productive. It's just the joy of serving the Lord mm-hmm. and being fruitful for Him and looking forward to His well done, mm-hmm. right? Because parable of the talents, He's given us these resources. Our time is one of them, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and the things we're good at, the things we're able to do, the people in our lives, these opportunities, these, I, I believe that's all part of those resources the Master's given us. And He wants us to invest them. Mm-hmm. He wants us to not just bury them in the ground. And so um, it's, you know, to have this eternal perspective that this is why we do all this stuff. This is why we write stuff down instead of trusting our brain. This is why we use a calendar. Mm-hmm. This is why we learn how to use Siri if we need to do that. It's, it's, it's for the well done, good and faithful servant, mm. and and that is uh, should should be a great motivator to us. Mm. Chris, that that is absolutely inspiring. Thank you for uh, bringing all this information to us. I have nothing more to add to that. That that was fantastic. Great. Um, I'd be happy to have a follow up conversation with anyone uh, about questions or specifics or. Are you, are you talking about Apple products only, or does, does that include Android products? Hey, I've helped you out a couple of times. So. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, Curtis, thanks for doing this. It's been it's so great doing it in the conversational format. I've really enjoyed it. My pleasure. Great. Awesome.